Should we go drink some yeah, beers? Let's now? put our clothes back on. <laughs> <laughs> podcast. I'm your host Jeremy George. Uh, today we have a special episode because uh, I'm actually sitting in the same room as the two guests that I've brought on. Uh, so I've got with me two of my good buddies, uh, Mitchell Manberg, Jules Leahy. What's up guys? Thanks hey. so much for Hey Jeremy, hey Mitch. What's going on? So today we're discussing goal number 10, which is to perform in front of an audience. Uh, I did this at Mitchell's birthday, actually. Uh, what was that? That was July 10th? Yeah, I think July 10th sounds about right. July sometime 10th, around that. Sometime around July. Uh, Mitchell and Jules performed that night, but I was the opening act. You know, probably the best act of the evening, if I may say so myself. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I know these guys both from, well, I know Mitchell actually um, from like middle school. Uh, and then Jules and I met, we all went to high school together. So normally I do the intros, but since you guys are here, I guess, would you mind just like briefly introducing yourself and chatting a little bit about who you are? Mitch, we can start with you. Sure. My name is Mitchell. Um, I'm Oakland-based guitar player, songwriter, was in LA for a little bit, and now back in the Bay Area and writing and doing cool music stuff. And I got back in touch with Jeremy uh, last year. Um, when he was putting this list together and started taking guitar lessons for me. So yeah, Mitchell's a me. great guitar teacher. Um, and also just recently released an EP. Yeah, I did put out a, my first solo EP earlier this year. Right. Definitely about your quarantunes written at like 2am during lockdown. <laughs> so you can see where, quarantunes. Yeah. You can hear where my mind goes late at night. <laughs> and Mitchell also just played the national anthem at the uh, Oakland roots game last weekend. Sure did. That was fun. Yeah, that was a blast. Uh, sweet. Jules. Hey, thanks, Jeremy. And <laughs> right on, Mitch. I'm Jules Leahy. Thanks for having me aboard the show today. Um, it's funny, Mitch and I have a bunch of similarities. What do you know? Yeah. Oakland bass guitar player. <laughs> <laughs> I recently played the national <laughs> anthem. <laughs> uh, here in Oakland at the A's game um, a couple times. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it's funny. Um, I I have my band, the Family Jewels Band. That's my uh, that's my group, and we're actually playing at the um, the Sound Room on oh, yeah. Broadway. Yeah, the Saturday after Thanksgiving on November twenty seventh. That's a show that's gonna be really fun. Um, come on out, everybody, if you can. Come <laughs> hang out with us that night. Yeah. But um. Yeah, that's me and and uh, Sacker. That's just some of the stuff I have. I, and actually, I put an album out this fall too. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Your First Rodeo, nice. and uh, you can hear that wherever you check out your music. But um, yeah, that's some of my stuff I've got. You got a YouTube channel? Yeah, I've got a YouTube channel. It's just Jules Leahy, and it's kind of guitar nerd to the max. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's that's we do a lot of guitar nerding out there, so. Sweet. Yeah. Love it. Could yeah. have just copy-pasted your intros, I guess. Yeah. And just replaced a couple variables here. Yeah. <laughs> I should have gone first now that I think about it, because it sounds like I'm copying Mitch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not that he's not copying me. <laughs> yeah. right. Right. We yeah. all know how it goes. Person of high influence. 
Um, so I want to jump right in and put you guys in the hot seat with my first question. So Jules and Mitch, obviously, were both there for this performance. This was my first time ever performing guitar in front of an audience. And like Mitchell said, uh, I learned guitar through Mitch. So this was um, crossing off a couple of bucket list items. Was I better or worse than you expected? <laughs> Ooh, okay, I'll start. I don't think it's a matter of better or worse. Mm, you know, because it's, it's not like you got a, an eighty-two on the <laughs> test. <laughs> um, and I thought it was really cool that like the crowd kind of rallied around and like all jumped in, and everybody was singing with you and like loved it and totally dug that you were putting yourself in that position and like, you know, just did something like that. Cause I think a lot of people in the crowd were not musicians and understood just how tough it really is. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I think you did a really good job. It's really hard. I remember, um, the first couple times I was playing, it's just like, you know, your heart's pounding and you don't think you can do it. And you feel like, no, no I'm going home actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then oh, you no, still no, do no. it hopefully. And you learn to, you know, just get more comfortable doing it the more you do. So yeah. for a first time, I thought it was pretty good. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, to kind of touch on that, I felt the same way of like, you know, it's not really so much good or bad. The only way you can define that is say, well, you know, what is success for you? And your only goal was to get up there and perform and you did it. So as far as that's concerned, like, yeah, you aced it. You knocked out of the park, right? Yeah. Um, and then as far as what else makes a good or bad performance, it's like, well, you know, everyone in the audience is going to take away something different. And you never really get to know, you know, unless someone just comes up and tells you, like, you just don't know what effect you leave on people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's possible you totally just inspired somebody else that night to do the same and then just like okay doesn't really matter you could have you know tripped over the amp and like set the house on fire and just like you know pants down like embarrassed yourself and somebody out there might have been like whoa you made yourself really vulnerable inspired me Mm -hmm. right so it's just like doesn't really matter what we think if it was good or bad like do you feel proud of it yeah totally I totally agree with the sentiment behind what you guys are saying. And the crowd was awesome. It was cool. I could really feel that. Like, everyone was rooting for me, you know. And even even in those moments where I might have, you know, fudged a little bit, it was quieter than I wanted to be, uh, when I was done, the reaction was, like, overwhelming. That was, that was pretty cool. And it was a thrill, man. I will say, like, I completely blacked out. Like, yeah. This is the first time I think I've blacked out sober because went, I yeah. did not remember the middle part. I just remember starting and finishing and being like, oh my God, I'm done. You went from blacking out to signing autographs and kissing <laughs> babies. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you don't remember the part where you signed the Capitol Records? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't remember the part where my pants actually did come down. <laughs> um, on that note, for you guys, do you remember what your first ever live performance was? And uh, if you do, how did it go? You know, I've been performing, like, for such a long time. Yeah. You know, even just, like, as a little kid, I remember getting signed up for, like, theater camps and stuff. So I've just, even before I was a musician, I just got used to being on stage, being in front of audiences. And I don't remember it too well. You know, I remember what it was. My first ever, like, music performance was a recital. must have been, like, 10 years old. And then, you know, I was playing, like, Green Day with my buddy Sam Fox on drums and my guitar nice. teacher Eric playing bass. <laughs> and it was just like the song Warning. Um, and like, 
you know, I really don't remember it super well, uh, yeah. but I don't remember feeling t- terribly nervous. I mean, it sounds like it wasn't very traumatic if, uh, if you don't remember it. I think I've, as soon as I touched the guitar, I've always been a little bit of a cocky snot about it. <laughs> <laughs> Just about you. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, when I was a kid, I definitely remember, like, the very first public performance was, like, a block party or something, <laughs> and, um, I was nervous, so I had to, like, sit on a chair <laughs> and, and just kind of, like, be kind of whiny about it, because I was nervous, yeah. and I, I remember going out to lunch with my parents afterwards, and I was, like, really proud that I had done it. And I, I think they were too, but like we definitely kind of sucked as a band. <laughs> so it wasn't like, you know, it was like they were being good sports for encouraging it at all because those were the tough days to really get behind. Like there was a long way to go before we, you know, we sounded any good. But um, yeah, definitely got nervous in, in, uh, in the beginning. But then like Mitch said, you know, as long as you stick with it and you've done something at like a certain amount of times at a certain point. Yeah then you don't get nervous anymore and you just feel really comfortable, hopefully, and just, like, that shows. What kind of block party was this? this like a oh, it was just, it, it was like a block party over in Albany nice. uh, with uh, buddies of mine that I grew up with, my buddy EO and Jay. We had this band called Fire in the Hole. <laughs> cool. <laughs> that was my first that's band. Like, dude, dude. Like, okay, nice. Elementary school, middle school, that's a cool name. Yeah, we were, like, 13. <laughs> <laughs> Fire in the hole. Yeah. My mom was like, honey, you know, people are probably going to think, you know, I don't know, they could think a number of things sexually here. And we're like, no, no, we, yeah, we get it. Like, <laughs> we're it's like, you don't get it, mom. It's <laughs> yeah. the point, mom. Come on, my room. <laughs> what about bad performances? I, I, do, you, do you remember any that you were just like, fuck, that was bad? And on the flip side, maybe, you know, what's your most memorable performance in terms of like, wow, that was a really cool one or like that went really well. I had yeah, a crazy, I had a crazy good one when I was, so I started when I was 13 and just like really went for it. Like I, I just, it didn't take, you know, 10 minutes to realize like, oh, I really want to play guitar and learn music and I, this is just clicking. Yeah. Um, uh, but by the time I was 16, like, I really, I loved, like, Jimi Hendrix and Stevie Ray Vaughan and, like, just the Stratocaster. I was playing, like, surf rock and just, like, blues guitar. And, um, anyway, I ended up, like, really long story short, I ended up playing with Buddy Guy, who's a, a really, like, legendary blues, <laughs> you know, it's kind of hard to understate, like, how important he is. You have, you have a picture with him, right? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah exactly, yeah. Um... I ended up playing with Buddy Guy at the Saratoga Mountain Winery, which is about like 5,000 people. And I was 16, and it was like a, an impromptu jam. Like, Wait, yeah, went can you elaborate on that story? Because I remember you, you told me. It was pretty pretty cool. Like, yeah, the, the, like, the Reader's Digest version is <laughs> just that um, he was walking through the crowd with his wireless PA thing. So he can, like, walk, you know, football field away. And Anyway, he's walking around, and... He walked by my dad and I, and my dad yelled at him. He yelled, buddy, my son can play the blues. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was like, shut up, dad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know this man. Yeah, right. <laughs> and a minute or two later, buddy was up back on stage, and he was telling the crowd uh, 
that there's this son, <laughs> there's this father and son who are here at the show tonight. Yeah. And he's like looking down where I was. And I was like, <laughs> you know? and he, he uh, waved me up. He pulled me up and um, took his guitar off and put it on me. And he just told, he said, tell the band whatever you want to play. And so I said, okay, let's play a slow blues in G. And they counted it off. And um, the crowd just like went nuts. Because I just started like sh- like playing my butt off. <laughs> right. Like I had no choice to. You yeah. know, it's like, so, yeah. So anyway, that moment dip, you know, definitely changed my life <clears throat> that night. Oh, absolutely. It was crazy. Yeah. How, how, like, what do you think the trajectory has been since then that it wouldn't have been otherwise? I don't know if, like, I mean, that just was a particular moment for me of many. I mean, I've been lucky to have, like, a lot of really cool opportunities and moments kind of like that. Mm-hmm. But um, it just made me feel like, oh, wow, like, that was insanely awesome and I loved it so much. Like, I definitely want to keep doing that. I felt, I don't know, not just comfortable in that zone but, like, I need to do that. Like, I really, really... Everybody was, like, just loving it a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Myself included. So it felt like we were all, like, fighting the good fight and, like, everybody was winning. What a cool crazy. story, man. Yeah, that's yeah, crazy. And then you've since performed with him, like you were saying. And yeah. It's obviously, you other know, times. there have been some connections or, really, you know, other things, maybe ancillary, that have been helpful. But it sounds like it's really... That was the moment where you were like, yeah, this is this is where I want to be. I want to yeah, do this. Yeah, yeah. And I was just 16, so it was like, that's been... I'm 31 <laughs> now, so I'm still doing it. Yeah. That's more than half my life ago that I've been doing it. Yeah. Shout out, Pops, for... Uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely, Dad. <laughs> for just... Yeah, thanks, Dad, for yelling, yelling <laughs> Shout out, out Pops. <laughs> um, Mitch, for you, what's like your most memorable or, you know, handful of memorable performances? Oh, the question was, do you have any bad performances? Also that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And to kind of go with with what we were saying earlier, it's just like, every time you get on stage, and I feel this way about others too when they perform, like, you know, there's just a base level of respect for anyone who gets themselves up there on stage. Um, So I'm a big fan of, like, the idea, if you really bring the right energy to the stage, like, you can't really do wrong. Mm -hmm. Even if you hit the wrong notes... If you do it in the right way, you still pull it off and people aren't going to care. It's just kind of the attitude you bring towards it. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, <laughs> <laughs> but the worst performance I had was when I was at music school mm-hmm. and like, you know, I didn't beat myself up because I was really pushing myself and challenging myself. Like, Remind um, me, where, where were you at music school? Musicians Institute in LA. Okay. Um, but every week you had to do a live performance. And like you didn't, there was no rehearsal. Yeah. Like you learn the song, you just get the sheet music and then you get up on stage with people, you know, first time you guys are all there together and you just play it mm-hmm. and they've got them in all the different genres. So I was, you know, studying my seven chords and music theory and I'm like, all right, let's get away from rock or country or funk or things I can handle for a second. Like, let's try a jazz standard. Mm-hmm. And it was Frank Sinatra's How High the Moon was the song. And with a bunch of students... And before we went on, you know, all these like kind of rookie uh, musicians, none of them wanted to take a solo. Mm. Not the drummer, not the keyboard player, not the bass. Everyone was kind of too scared to play through the changes. So the guitar instructor's like, so you're going to take everybody's solo. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because we Jules and I were just talking about playing through chord changes yesterday. And like, 
I was nowhere near ready, still not like ready to do that. But my mentality was just like, screw it. I'm just going to play with confidence and this is jazz. So I'm going to just like try and find notes. And the one thing I'm not going to do is sound like I'm fishing. I'm just going to play whatever I do confidently. <laughs> yeah, right. It was just like so bad. Like, it was just, like, embarrassingly bad, <laughs> my solo. But at the same time, you know, I was the only one courageous enough to take one. Yeah. So I don't, I'm not beating myself up for it, but it's just like, okay. Yeah, well, you, you know, you miss all the shots you don't take, but if you take the shot, <laughs> yeah. you still miss you it still by miss a, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes, that is true. What is it that's hard about playing chord changes live? It's outline. I mean, chord changes are just like what the harmony of the music is that's going, you know, as it's going by. But that's a moving thing. And there's like varying amounts of like outlining and sort of paying attention to or acknowledging the harmony that's going by. And you can outline that like a saxophone player is like a great example of like they can only play one note at a time. But they can outline and you can hear chords in their playing and that, you know, you can hear how the motion in the music through you know a good saxophone player's lines right. um so that's like what playing the harmony is but you can also kind of like get away with not really knowing very much of that and knowing a lot less and just kind of like picking up a guitar and knowing you know c g e d and <laughs> a and like you can and the pentatonic scale like you can make a career out of that yeah, yeah. so there's sort of varying degrees of what you need to know and what you could know mm-hmm. Yeah. Another way I've kind of learned it is like, there's three ways you really want to get to know music. You want to get to know it in your head, like, you know, be studious about it, know your theory, know how it all works. You need to get to know it in your hands. You know, you got to be able to actually not just know it, but get to those chords. Mm -hmm. And most importantly, you want to have it down in your ear. You know, it's great to know what harmony is, but if you can't find those notes in time or hear it and be able to find it, doesn't do you any good. Yeah. So, you know, when you're challenging yourself on stage, rather than using your ear, you start thinking. And as soon as you start, like, thinking, you're not playing anymore. Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to do something on stage that you're not comfortable with, then you're in your head again, right. and it shows. Yeah. The easiest parallel for me to make is just, and actually, Mitch, you and I have talked about this a little bit, just because my background, you know, is mostly in sports, um, but so many similarities. I mean, even just hearing you say head, hand, and ear, at least for me, it was, you know, you practice so that when you're playing, you don't have to think, right? And especially when it comes to like, you know, playing football where you have plays that you have to memorize. If you're like out on the field trying to remember who's doing what route, you're not able to read the defense, right? Which for you guys might be synonymous mm-hmm. with like reading the audience. Uh, you know, I'm not able to make the appropriate adjustments if, you know, if someone makes a, a cut differently than I was expecting, if I'm thinking about it. And so when I was preparing for this performance, I tried to approach it similarly. I wanted to get to the point where even if I had to pick up, you know, halfway through the song at a totally random point, I still could. For me, the way that manifested is I was just like, I'm going to do one hour every single day for 20 days straight, 21 days straight. Um, I don't know, though, if that's the best approach. That's just kind of the world that I've been from, right? Where it's just like practice, practice, practice until it just becomes natural. At this point in your careers, I'm sure you approach it very differently than someone like me. But what you know, how, how do you guys like get ready for performance, or what do you think are some of the best tactics? Um, let me start with that one because it kind of touches on what I was kind of just saying. It's like it's not so much how much time you practice; it's the quality of yeah. practice. So 
one thing Jules has taught me is like a great activity is to sing the notes that you're playing. Mm-hmm. And that shows that you're really conscious of what your hands are doing. Um, what do you yeah, think, and it's just like any uh, language or any sort of like thing in your life where you just have to eat, drink, sleep, think it all the time, yeah. you know, and just be like doing music all the time. Yeah. You know, that's kind of like what the guitar became for me at a very early stage so it was just kind of like always happening yeah and you just end up having to work on the things you had to work really hard on at the beginning a lot less just like anything else of course but like you're able to do next level stuff with it if you've put in that time and work so because a lot of people just don't put in that time and it's kind of nice then when well i mean it's not nice but like if you perform and you have a failure of some sort and you get exposed because then you do get to consciously say, oh, for me, I need to work on playing through chord changes. Mm-hmm. There is no end state. Everyone can always practice, continue, get better. It's it goes on forever. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. And you could say that for any any field, you know, where there are people that are experts, you know, whether it's athletes, professors, doctors, musicians. Um, yeah, I think there's there's a lot of common traits there. Yeah. Um, one question I, t- I tend to like to ask in this type of, uh, in this type of a bucket list item is, you know, if anyone else listening, if someone listening to this right now is maybe thinking about performing something for the first time, it doesn't necessarily have to be um, as a musician. It could be a stand-up comedian, uh, someone who wants to do a magic trick on stage. Like, I don't know, anyone who wants to get on stage. What advice would you guys have, if anything, for that listener? I would say you have to just commit to it. Like, wholeheartedly. (laughs) If you're going to do it, you might as well really do it. It, Like, don't, while getting up on stage, don't, like, apologize because you're nervous or you didn't have a chance to practice or, you know. Don't make an excuse. Like, just do it. And, you know, there's a weird thing about performing. Like, it could be two people there or it could be 10,000 people there. It's still just you performing to one person at a time. Because right. sometimes, I, I feel like a lot of musicians will say their favorite performances are actually to very small crowds. Mm. Like 20 people, you know, or, or like instead of like a giant coliseum filled with, you know, 50,000 people or whatever. Like, um, So, I don't know. I think you just have to commit to doing it and like you'll be glad that you did afterwards. You don't want to do it and then like watch the video of yourself and go, ah, wow. <laughs> ah, like, turn it off. So it's like, well, why'd you bother doing it then? If that's what we're, you know, yeah. at least be like, well, I, I tried. I have a lot of stuff like that where I just look at it and I'm like, you know, that's cool because I, I tried. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I also like the mention of, you know, not apologizing. I mean, that's such, yeah. a, that's such an instinct when you're doing something for the first time and you're already expecting it to be bad. Um, but yeah, there's nothing to be sorry for, right? Like as Mitchell has mentioned and, and Jules, you alluded to too, just getting out there and doing it is like, that's success. So. Well, yeah. And when you go see like, you know, Pixar movie or star Wars or something, they're not like, Hey, sorry, you know, it got really stressful making all this. So we had a lot of, you know, we made all of this from scratch. So, Anyway, yeah, you know, you get what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Mitch, any, any other thoughts? Yeah. You know, I think like anything, just the more you do it, you know, the more comfortable you get, the more comfortable you get, you're just going to be more confident. 
So, you know, a good thing, especially if you're trying out something new, you know, part of the preparation should be performing. It can be for a small group of friends. Open mics are great. Just like get used to doing it once or twice for even a small crowd, people you know and trust, whatever. And then I wouldn't recommend this necessarily for your first one ever. But, you know, if you're starting to become a regular performer, film yourself, watch yourself back, and then you can start taking notes on, you know, with loving your heart, what you do well, what you don't do well, you know, and criticize kind of like you would to a friend, like, you know, positive reinforcement, constructive criticism, and just say, okay, I'm patting myself on the back for even just doing this, giving it a shot, and trying to get better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, cool. Well, last question that I always like to end with, what's one thing that's on your bucket list? Hmm. <laughs> Obviously, you can, no kinda, judgment. you can kind of edit this a little. <laughs> right, this is for your only page. Only <laughs> page right? This is the only page, exactly. Edited version. I just want to travel overseas with a band that I'm the band, like the Family Jewels band. Mm. Um, I've traveled overseas. I, I went to Amsterdam and Paris for uh, like mm, eight days each or so. I went over once in 2017, I think, mm. and just had like the most fun. <laughs> so I would love to do that. I'd love to go to Europe or I, I think Japan would be a really, really cool place yeah. one day for my oh, band. Yeah. So that's a goal. Um, no, I haven't been yet. So that's a life goal of mine for sure. Oh, I think you'd really like it. Yeah, definitely. Have you in the band talked about going there? Well, we're kind of trying to set ourselves up for that with all the stuff we've been working on. Like, yeah. you know, that's like the short way of putting it. But yeah, that's like in the trajectory. That's what we're trying to set ourselves up for. Sweet. All right. Yeah, so stay tuned. Yeah. Mitch, what about you? Oh man, stuff to say. I've got so many goals. <laughs> um, yeah. And that, you know, is definitely one of them. I would absolutely love to travel and like spread my music and all this stuff. But I think prior to that is just really feeling good about the music that I put out. Not just that I'm proud of it, but feels that it's worth, you know, my, my impact. Looking at like the greater picture of the world and the current state that everyone's in. Mm-hmm. I want to, before I you know, play bigger stages, travel, all this stuff, just feel like my music, which I feel like is something I have to give, is doing people good and people want me to keep going and performing. So how do you think you, like, at one point, would you be able to say, okay, yeah, you know, I've hit that point where I'm proud and, and people want me to, you know, spread my music? That's a great question. I have yet to answer that. <laughs> it's tough. I mean, yeah, it's, I don't want to based on my social media following or anything of that sort, but like right. when you're playing the national anthem for your Oakland Roots home <laughs> crowd in <laughs> Oakland and everybody's digging it, that that's, that's the moment. moment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, any last thoughts? Any last words? Uh, you know, before we wrap up here. Thanks for having me on, Jeremy. Thank you for joining. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. Very happy to have you. Yeah. Um. Yeah, one little last thought, and this is something I think about often, because the topic of today was performing. Yeah. And I love the idea of stage presence. And I just want to, you know, we're, probably, we're out of time, but something to think about when you're performing. 
and you know having stage presence is literally what does it mean to be present on stage mm. be present with yourself be present with the music or you know whatever it is you're you're performing be present with the audience and not thinking about where it's going to lead you what's happening next not thinking about anything that's happened prior mm. you know even if you're playing a song that was about something in the past that thing's over and you're now your current situation is there in the room with the people and i think that's what i love about it most and that's why i feel like if you're really present on stage, you can do no wrong. Yeah. You know, that's what people want. That's what feels good. That's what gets an audience going. As if you're just truly present with them. That's what people go out to see. Big fan of that, man. Very Buddhist of you. <laughs> <laughs> what was that book that you uh, had recommended? Um, oh, like I recommended a book called Zen Guitar by Philip Toshio Sudo. Zen Guitar. Oh, did I tell you about what I just read? Tao, that's what I call music. <laughs> <laughs> it's like volume 37. <laughs> Tao, that's what I call music. Yeah. Comes on a CD yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, All right, guys. Well, thanks very much again for hopping on. That was, uh, that was fun. That was a great conversation. And I think there's going to be a lot of good material. Yeah, well, thanks so much, Jeremy.